Welcome to another edition of The Tongue with Dr. Mike. Thank you for everyone joining us from before and welcome to the new people that are joining us now. Remember, thetonguespeakslife.com. Go there now. Go there whenever. You can donate directly to The Tongue. You can donate to The Cure, uh, Cure International. Uh, if you don't know what Cure is, all right, Cure. Cure, um, Cure International is a Christian nonprofit organization uh, that operates a global network of about eight uh, children's hospitals, uh, and they offer free pediatric surgical interventions for children living with uh, treatable disease like cleft palate, uh, club foot, bowed leg, burn, spina bifida. Uh, it's a 501c3. It was founded in 1996 uh, in, in Kenya, and it's expanded seven times over. It's involved, it partnered with Tim Tebow, Uh, to open a cure hospital in the Philippines. It's a great, great organization. Check it out. Information's right on the website there, uh, along with our other podcast, more information about stuff to come, and we are going to keep rolling. Actually, you can uh, send send me an email, send me your questions, send me your comments, but we're going to keep rolling right along. We have a lot to get to, so hang in there. Here we go. So quick um, review. We're going to go back to books of the Bible. Um, staying in the Old Testament, we're going to go to a book called Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah, let me give you the setting for Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah grows up close. Uh, he grows up very close to Jerusalem. Um, he lived in Jerusalem and he, and he's an eyewitness to the devastation of its fall. Uh, he watched Jerusalem overturned, destroyed, uh, he watched uh, Assyria, Egypt, Babylon battle over over control of this area. Uh, Judah's caught right in the middle. Um, he he uh, addresses the sins of the, of the people, the rebellion against God, warning them of the consequences, and then watching them unfurl in front of them. Um, it, it's the longest book of the Bible. It's got judgment, repentance, faith, restoration. Uh, those are the major major themes. The, um, dive into Jeremiah, take a look at it. Interesting book. Uh, And then we're also going to do another one called Lamentations. Uh, Lamentations is, is, uh, it's like a five, five poems that all lament around the destruction of Jerusalem uh, by the Babylonians. So uh, the general tone of it is sad, but it includes an inspiring message about God's, God's unfailing love. So take a look at Lamentations and Jeremiah, right? So we jump into our verse for today, right? Verse of, the, of today is Mark chapter 4, 37 to 41. Uh, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping. They woke him and said, teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, peace, be still. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith, right? So fear and panic of the of the unknown uh, is running rampant, right? Um, the Bible says no one knows uh, except the Father in heaven when the time appointed um, for for God's return, right? So uh, the minds didn't know, the people on television don't know, the phys- the psychics don't know, uh, the angels don't know. Um, if you're listening to a man-made prophecy and it hasn't come true, uh, do you? are you surprised um yeah you know 
Uh, it's if you have to pay attention to what's happening and realize that nobody knows when God's returning. You just have to stay and, and be ready at all times, right? He's coming like a thief in the night. Remember that. Uh, so we begin, um, you, you don't allow fear and worry to sneak in, right? You start each day with a choice. You choose to start that day. Um, no matter what the circumstances are, you, you choose to, to start that day positive. You choose how your day will go. You have the power to manage. Um, you have the problem to manage your day and to set your attitude in the right direction. Even in the face of adversity, you know, choose to not let your problems shape your attitude. No one knows what's going on in your life, but a simple smile on your face can influence others in a positive way. Uh, are you in an ideal uh, situation right right now at this time in your life? Probably not, but maybe you are. But but most of us, the answer is probably no. Does that affect your mood each day? Or do you wake up thinking that this day is going to be terrible and a waste? Remember, you have the power to decide how to live your life. Your attitude is determined by nobody else. And if you give up that power, you will not have a good day. Every day is a gift. Live each day like it's a gift. Smile when you wake up, even when you don't feel like it. Um, the Bible says, in everything, give thanks, especially when you don't feel like it. Right? So the, the next couple uh, podcasts are going to be important because we're going to try and wrap up this old timeline and uh, start to bring in some of the old stuff into uh, some of the newer stuff coming out. So I'm going to jump back and give a little history here um the the law of moses back in the old testament uh that included every seventh year was like a sabbatical right the ground was to rest as well not just you like the ground israel uh had not been honoring the sabbath year and, and while israel was held captive in in babylon the enjoy the the ground itself enjoyed uh, it's Sabbaths, right? So you can read that in Second Chronicles about that. Daniel is sent to Babylon as a teenager, but now the time of the 70 years of captivity is almost complete, right? So this is where we're at. So that's Daniel, Second Chronicles, Zechariah, Jeremiah. Read around that area. You'll, you'll, you'll get the idea. Uh, Daniel begins to pray for the people of Israel because the time of captivity is almost completed and the angel Gabriel interrupts him, right? Uh, Daniel prayed for the sins of the people and for God to turn his wrath away from Israel. Daniel also asked for the temple to be rebuilt. Uh, God responds by sending Gabriel who explains the house of God will be rebuilt and that a greater blessing would come in the form of Messiah who is greater than the temple. And you can read about that in Matthew uh, chapter 12 really. Um, so as we go through here now, now give special attention to issues concerning Israel and the problem, in quotes, associated with it, right? Uh, we're, we're given a timeline and we know what to expect. Um, how welcomed will someone with all the answers be when it's given power in the supernatural realm? Uh, think of a one world environment coming. Um, continue reading and continue listening um, to, to as, as much information as you can gather. Ask questions, try to stay informed. Um, but here we go, right? So the following verses in Daniel are, are grouped together to complete the prophecy, right? So in chapter nine, the prophecy is given, the 69 weeks is explained, an inter uh, interval between the 69th and the 70 70th week, and then the 70th week is um, explained, right? So the 70 weeks are understood to mean 70 weeks of seven or seven times 70 
which is 490 years, right? Israel had been captive for 70 years. And Gabriel is saying that that period between the end of captivity and the coming of the Messiah would be seven times that long, right? The date which was used to count until the Messiah came was uh, the rebuilding of the temple decree by uh, Artaxerxes in 457 BC, right? So the 69 weeks, which, which would be 483 years, is the period between the decree to rebuild Jerusalem and the coming of the Messiah or the anointed one, right? So there's uh, actually Haley does uh, a great chart. If you can, you can uh, look up 70 week prophecy of Daniel. Um, you'll see from the decrees up to 457 BC, uh, the 69 weeks or the 483 years uh, where that stops the 70 week overlap of 490 weeks, uh, 490 years, sorry, the seven weeks in between the 62 weeks that follow. And, um, you know, a after that AD 27, when the Messiah is anointed and AD 34, when the gospel goes to the Gentiles, uh, that's a good chart to t take a look at. Um, if you get a chance, just like you can Google it too. 70 week prophecy, um, uh, from, yeah, that'll, that'll actually be a, a good way for you to do it. Google 70 year, 70 week prophecy. Look at, uh, 490 years, look at 69 weeks. Uh, you can look at Cyrus, Darius, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, all that is going to bring you around the same thing. Right. So, um, the 20th year of, of the king, right, the accession was 465, according to the Jewish custom date, that would begin 444 B.C. or 445, right? So 444 B.C. is the first year to count. Uh, if you're counting, there would be 443, right? And that leaves 33 A.D. to account for 476 years, which is the corresponding time when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, we're coming upon that season. We're, we're, we're about to enter Easter holiday, right? This discussion is, it will go a little bit later on when we discuss uh, Zechariah, who speaks of a king riding a donkey and presenting, and presenting himself uh, as a king to Jerusalem, right? So that being said, then we jump to, uh, let me give you another verse, right? Uh, Proverbs, and then get your pen out. We're going to jump around a little bit. Proverbs 3 5 trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding we've talked about that many times right so Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 Matthew chapter 28 verse 20 Josh Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 first Peter chapter 3 verse 15 Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, Romans chapter 15, verse 13, and John chapter 14, verse 27, right? So I pray that, that this season, you know, finds you experiencing new challenges, gives you new hope. Um, while we remain to live in a strange time uh, with all this stuff going on in the world, it's important we look to the foundation, our foundation to draw strength, right? It's in these times we remember that we are never forgotten. So be of good cheer, right? The world has been overcome already, right? So does that mean uh, 
how do you deal with this day to day, right? A lot has happened in the last two years. Uh, and those times, you know, even though they're not easy, we know that we'll be, we will be reunited with lost loved ones that believe in Christ. That's one of the joys of this religion and, and our, our belief is that one day we are going to be reunited, right? That reunion is going to be so special and it's going to continue for eternity. So it's not that you say goodbye to somebody that passed away. It is you, you tell them goodbye just for now, right? While others have completed their work on earth here, the remainder of us still have a part to play. For me, I'll continue to bring this word to those that will listen. Um, it's my belief that I, one day I'll stand before God and I'll answer for the blood on my hands for those who I didn't share the good news with, right? For me, Christ died, so I live for him. I consider everyone who hears my voice and listens to the podcast um, my friends, people that I love. And so I share that with you and what I've found out to be true, right? So Christ loves you. He came and he paid the penalty of your sin. He died and rose again on the third day and he lives forever. He has opened the direct path to God Almighty, the creator of everything. He stands at the door and knocks on the entrance of your heart and he will wait until you open that door. For everyone who seeks, finds. Let the world, I mean, look at the world around us, right? right? So the circumstances are leading up to what is predicted to happen. Do you question what's happening? Do you notice how irregular, the, the irregular is slowly becoming the regular? Have you seen the shift from what was um, the evil is now being accepted as good? Um, are, are people being scolded? I, I mean, you, you're, you're in the land of freedom of religion, yet people are being scolded and told that they can't even mention Jesus' name in certain areas, right? What Christian holidays are going to be next that are pulled back? These are things you have to ask yourself, right? So as we continue on, keep this, you know, in the back of your head. And we jump back into Daniel, which we've talked about a little bit. There's four major themes that emerge in the prophecy of Daniel, right? A decree would be issued to rebuild Jerusalem. Uh, both Jerusalem and the temple will be rebuilt. The Messiah would appear and then be cut off. Jerusalem and the temple would be destroyed again. Right. So know, therefore, and understand that the going forth of the commandment to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troubled times. That's Daniel 9:25. So the Jewish and the Babylonian calendars include a 360 day year and Daniel 9:24 describes 69 weeks of 360 days, which totals. 173,880 days, right? So uh, the angel Gabriel tells Daniel that it will be 173,880 days from when the commandment to restore Jerusalem until the Messiah presented as king would take place, right? So many scholars believe that uh, the order to rebuild Jerusalem was given by uh, Artaxerxes on March 14th, 445 BC. So 173,880 days later, after adjusting for a leap year, right? It gives you April 6, 32 AD. So 32 AD is when Jesus fulfills the prophecy of Zechariah 9:9, riding on a donkey into the city of Jerusalem. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout. O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king comes unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey and upon a colt and the fowl. So 
on on the foul of an ass, Zechariah 9.9. Although there were several attempts to promote Jesus as king before that time, Jesus reminded them that his hour was had not yet come, and that's John chapter 2, right? So, however, when his hour to be endorsed as king had arrived, the Pharisees felt the crowds were blaspheming and proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah and king of Israel. Uh, Jesus said himself, I tell you that if these should... If these should hold their tongues and their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Luke 19:14. A gap appears to exist between the 69th week and the 70th week, right? So Daniel 9:26 appears after the 69th week, but before the 70th. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince of the prince that shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with a flood and unto the end of the war desolations are determined right so these events in the 69th week include messiah being killed the city and the sanctuary being destroyed so christ was crucified and the city and the sanctuary were destroyed 38 years later by the roman legions uh, titus completely leveled the city of jerusalem in ad in 70 ad right so Jesus warned them uh, of what the future would hold uh, when he was arriving to the city on the back of the donkey when he said, For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee around and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. That's in Luke, right? So there still remains a 70th week, a seven-year period to be fulfilled, right? So that seven-year period is described in detail in Revelations chapter 6 through 19. So if you haven't read that, read chapter 6 through 19 and start. It might be a little confusing for you, but we're going to start to unroll it, right? Um, The interval between the 69th and the 70th week still remains. But every day it becomes more apparent that we're closing in on the beginning of that final week. Daniel emphasized that the Messiah would address transgression, sin, iniquity. Uh, In addition, uh, Isaiah revealed that the Messiah would sacrifice himself for transgression. That's in Isaiah. For sin, in Isaiah as well, and iniquity. All in Isaiah 53, right? Um, Daniel 9 speaks of the Messiah being cut off, which identifies Christ's death on the cross as a final solution to sin, which is one of the themes of, of Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews 9.26, right? So this is a direct objection to the people who believe the focus will be on Jesus' second coming to atone, okay? Instead of the atoning work completed uh, on the cross. So Daniel also showed that Messiah would usher in a time of everlasting righteousness, right? So I know a lot of that might not make sense to you. Um, Hang in there. We're we're getting uh, to slowly wrap up my my uh, ten ten year timeline, um, and and we're starting to see how the book of Daniel is shaping and connected to the book of Revelation, and where we're at in this final sixty ninth uh, week that's completed, and this final seventieth uh, one that's that's prophesied to be fulfilled. Right, so. Um, we're gonna keep going into Daniel and Revelation, and we're gonna port. We're gonna point towards, you know, what has happened and one what will happen, right? Um, 
the the important thing is you know christ is coming quickly uh you you need to be prepared and you know this might not make a lot of sense to you if you haven't heard this stuff before um i i challenge you and I, and i i'm telling you to just hang in there it's going to make more sense i'm going to break it down even further uh but this is a very very brief overview of of where we're going and like i said once this is done we will continue and start to look right at where we're at right now right so uh just remember that jesus name is power right um i challenge you to mend the broken relationship that you have uh pray for a person you're at odds with um call someone you haven't heard from in a while right stay in touch encourage people raise people up remember if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll, you will be saved, right? So it's for with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Uh, that's all it takes, you know? Well, once you accept Christ, your name is, is written on God's hand, right? Your Father loves you. You need to find out who he is. Speak the word. Believe you can do all things. The God of love and peace is with you, right? So quick prayer is... Father God, you alone are God. You masterfully orchestrate my life in a manner that I could never understand. Forgive me when I get frustrated and do not see the bigger picture. Help me to rejoice in good times as well as in bad times. This is your command. Your word says that we are to pray without ceasing, always asking God for what we need. I ask for the peace that passes all understanding to be given freely to the listeners of this podcast. Open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings and wisdom on all of us. Help us to remember that in Jesus' name, everyone must bow. This includes sickness, worry, discouragement, fear, many of us, uh, many other things that we see. Let them all see you in us and have us ready to give glory when the time arises. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for joining me on this edition. I'm going to welcome JB in and we're going to continue this discussion a little more. Thank you and I'll see you next time. All right, we're back, and I'm welcoming welcoming uh, international podcast star of the Greek and the Irishman. Welcome, JB, back to the show. International podcast star. Wow, thank you. Yeah, man, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, lots, lots of likes on that Greek and Irishman. Yeah, we're getting there. So we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> but uh, I didn't realize I was a star, though. This is cool. Yeah, superstar, superstar. <laughs> so here we are, uh, another edition. Here we just. Heard a message from me about the tongue. I'm trying to tie them a little bit together, but this one's a little bit off topic. So uh, this is because a lot of people have been asking me, hey, uh, what's the right thing to do? Am I doing this right? Do I have to do this? Do I not have to do this? So I want to get your thoughts on do do people need to go to church? Do the, is it something they need to do? Can they do it from home? Do they not have to go? I know people that don't go at all. I know people that go on holidays or on special days. Uh, let me hear your thoughts. What do you think? Do people have to go or do they not have to go? Well, that's that's a tough question to ask because it really it comes down to uh, uh, a couple things. Yeah, yeah, I mean, are you are you saying like 
is it a sin to not go to the church? Uh, I don't think so. And then you have like the the some people like I used to do, but I have I've been I haven't been doing it much lately. Is the virtual church? Right. Well, that's a new that's a new era. Yeah, because so this that's... one church I used to go to, they have virtual services now with the live broadcasting, which is very nice. A lot of people doing that. A yeah, lot of people. and I used to tithe because they, they had a link for tithing. Right. So you go on the website and you can you can put your uh, donation in. Um, but then you see you have the argument, and pastors will say this that you know they'll 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 uh, plead with uh, the online viewers saying please. Uh, we encourage you to come to church because it's just not the same. Uh, fellowship is not the same. Well, there, there isn't much fellowship when you watch virtually. Right, and that's important. And that's uh, I'm going to get to that a little bit here because I have a, a couple reasons why I think it's important to still go physically. Um, have I been going uh, as much as I did before? No, because, well, a lot of factors now. but And I think that's common with uh, especially in a pandemic situation uh, where, you know, at, at some points nobody was going to church. Yeah. You know, so. And, I, and I'll and i be honest with you. I think that the whole pandemic thing uh, made a lot of people kind of lazy. Because, um, you know, everybody started, like, during the, the 2020 shutdown, that really kick-started more than ever the live broadcasting uh, now the church that I watched virtually, they were already doing that. They were they were always kind of like a high techy type church. Right. They the pastor uh, who who's now retired, um, he was always big on the technology. He was recording his um, uh, sermons uh, in, into podcasts. You know, many many years ago when I was going there as a, as a a young teen, uh, he was always into that type of stuff. So, but, but during 2020 shutdown, a lot of people started jumping on the whole broadcasting thing. And, and so now people are like, well, I, I could just stay home and just watch it. It's easier. You can sleep in. It's a heck of a lot easier. Yeah. You don't have to get out of your pajamas. You just, you know, you drink your coffee and watch the service. Right. I think the important part there is, you know, that you're actually hearing the word. So if you're, it's. It's a good alternative if you're not, if you're skipping church altogether, right? So if, Absolutely. You're, if you're not going, it's a great alternative to tune in, um, you know, get comfortable, sit on your couch, do whatever, um, you know, get in a quiet room, do whatever, but you are still participating. It's still important. And that's the underlying theme is you need to hear the word. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it, it shouldn't be a replacement for going to church physically, um, but if you're like, uh, if you're really busy, like say you're a traveling business person and you can't, um, you can't make it on a weekly basis to church, then that's a really great alternative. And I think it's, it's truly a blessing that we have the technology to make that possible. You know, say you're traveling across country and, and you do so quite often, but you have a, a church that you belong to. So now you could tune in to say their Facebook page and, and watch their broadcast live from anywhere right and i think i think one of the other elements is uh the way people like uh they do their worship so you're more inclined to worship when you're at church i would say i, I don't know i think the argument could go both ways uh maybe you're more comfortable being at home by yourself singing out loud uh to yourself singing along to a worship service more so than you are 
surrounded by people. What do you think? Well, it depends. If you're by yourself, then maybe. <clears throat> but um, a lot of times when I would tune into uh, my church service virtually, uh, I wouldn't be the only person in the house. So I guess I, would, I might feel kind of funny if I started singing along to the worship songs uh, because I'd be the only one singing along. Um, but yeah, that's that's another story. <laughs> right. uh, it, it's important. You know, worship's an important part of uh, uh, you know, the whole process, you know, absolutely. But, but you know, the, the thing that, um, and I always spoke about this before, like, you know, sports teams using the iron sharpens iron and, and that's never more, um, relevant than when you're in physically church because, uh, you're leaning you know, you're the communication with everybody, the, the fellowship with everybody. Um, that's where you grow. That's where you lean. What do you think? Uh, well, I think you can agree, and I think probably just about everybody listening to this show can agree, that it's a very hard world, especially now, to be a Christian. And, yeah, I agree. You, you know, with you just turn on the TV, if you have cable TV, and we're constantly having an agenda crammed down our throats. And by agenda, I mean the agenda of the enemy. Um, with everything, all the programming, uh, sin. You know, everything is, is um, everything that you see is, is not by accident. Uh, it, it's like, I'm going to use an, this, this as an example, and I know this is going to kind of push us off on a little bit of a, a side here, but yeah, man, go ahead. I was driving to work the one morning and I, I listen to cat country a lot. I love, I like, I love country music. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. So right. the one song was uh this and i i forget the name of the singer but she's was singing a song about um i'm drunk but i don't want to go home oh i know that song yeah you know yeah, this song? Yeah, yeah. and then because it's like a crossover song i think it's like a right. pop singer right well then she says don't have to wait till the weekend that's mm -hmm. one of the lyrics of the song mm -hmm. And it just, I, I was thinking about it as I was driving down the highway, and I'm like, this is like an advertisement. It's like advertising sin. Yeah. It, it's like kind of like brainwashing. Do whatever you want, whenever you want. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you might not, you might think, oh, you're just overreacting. You're being silly. But it's, no, it's a programming because you're driving to work and you're listening to this music. Whether you're paying attention to the lyrics or not, the lyrics are being absorbed. It's like a... I don't want to say it's subliminal messaging because the lyrics are out there in the open, but it's like a conditioning. Right. It's a constant advertising. Um, and, and there's an agenda being pushed all the time. Um, so going back to what you were saying, the iron sharp sharpens iron. Being around other believers and strengthening, strengthening each other and supporting each other is very important because we, we live in a world that's trying to break all of that down. That's a good point. And, and it's, you know, iron sharpens iron. So you're, you're not only getting sharper, but you're causing sparks, right? And so your sparks are, are um, in, affecting other people, right? And, and I think, you know, the enemy's got your whole divide and conquer. So maybe you've gone to church and somebody there rubbed you the wrong way, right? Or something happened there. And now you're like, I'm not going back to that church. Well, that, you know, that's a victory on the, on the dark side. I was like, okay, you know what? I got them to stop going. It could be, right? Right. What do you think? Sure. Instead of, uh, you know, taking the high road and uh, actually talking things out, 
working things out, confronting the person. Um, it's, it's awkward, you know, and a lot of times it takes one person to be the bigger person in order to do that, you know, to say like, hey, you know, walk up to them and say, hey, I don't, I don't, I'm just going to say this. I don't like what you said about this. And uh, I want to talk about this. We need to work this out. And you might actually make the person feel awkward and put them on the spot. But then they might talk it out with you because you kind of gave them no choice. Um, and I think that's been lost. A lot of people don't do that anymore. They don't confront people. They don't uh, say, hey, let's talk this out. They just kind of flee and they leave. Yep, yeah, no, I agree. Um, and like I said, divide and conquer is a, a very, very powerful strategy, <laughs> you know. But uh, it's also a place where you go to exercise your one of your spiritual gifts, right? So you, you, if you don't know what your gift is, everybody's been blessed with something. Um, there, that's uh, gathering yourself together is one of the great, um, great ways to experience and to grow and to find out what your gift actually is. Does that sound right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I honestly. I don't know exactly what my gift would be. Okay. Well, some is preaching, some it's encouraging, some it's hospitality, some it's healing, some it's prayer. Um, yeah, there's a whole list of, of you know, the, the, the gifts of the spirit. Um, I always thought that possibly one of my gifts was discernment. Okay. Uh, I just, I'm not, uh, I want to, I'd like to say that I'm not fooled very easily. Okay. I can I can see through a lot of things. I'm grateful that I I I don't know. I guess it's funny because uh, the truth is never the the truth is always a blessing. But sometimes I wonder if ignorance sometimes is bliss. <laughs> no, you're scared of the truth, maybe. Maybe parts of it. I'm just wondering sometimes if if people that don't know what's going on are happier. <laughs> uh, not, Actually, no, no doubt. I, I think they I are for sure. I don't know though. I don't know about that one though because I think that people that don't know what's going on, I think they're some of the most terrified people. They're just they're just living in fear. There the, there are a lot of them. They're ones that are living in fear because they really don't know what's going on. Well, if you don't know what's going on, there's nothing to fear. You think of it. Some people put their head in the sand. You know, it's a lot easier. I'm not going to listen to what's going on around me. That way I don't have to deal with it. But Oh, I'm is... not talking about those people. Okay. Those people are entertaining. Yeah, and that's, um, <laughs> yeah that's a good word. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about, you're, you're talking about the people that are just carrying on like nothing ever happened. Like there's nothing happening. And like, around. let's just go get yeah. a cheeseburger and watch Netflix. Yeah. Those yeah, type yeah. of people. Yeah, yeah, they don't give a crap about anything. Yeah. They're like your, your stereotypical Americans. I mean, is there, is there, that's one way to go. You know, yeah. as, as, you think they're happier? I guess they're just they're just <laughs> riding the wave, you know? Yeah. Like, well, it is what it is. It is what it is, whatever happens. I think that that's not a good position to take, though. That's well, not a good stance. They told me to stand up. I stand up. They tell me to sit down. <laughs> I sit down, right? But I'm, I was referring to the people that don't know what's going on in, in, in the sense that they they just buy into whatever the the news channel tells them. Right. And so they have to be the most scared people out there. So the people that just listen to what's being told to them, like directed at them and, and taking that, don't question anything. Right. And just, 
I'll take it this at face value and exactly. Now I'm going to choose to react based on this information and that's yep. it. Right. Okay. I got you. I, I got you. Yeah, That's scary. That's scary. I do. Are they happier? I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I, think I don't think they're happy at all. I think they're, they're, I, they're I, terrified. I think they're terrified. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think so. You know, the, those are the people that are wearing masks this day, maybe even two masks. You know, it's funny as not to jump off topic too much, but, um, one of the doctors like, you know, Dr. Pepper came on and said, you know, I think we're going to have another lockdown and blah, blah, blah. People are so over this, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Oh, another lockdown. Really, buddy? Uh, you know, was that recently? Yeah, that was recent. <laughs> I, well, I know there was a, there was recently a lockdown in China yeah. and I think they were trying to use that to kind of like push the idea. Yeah. But I don't like you said, I, I think a lot of Americans aren't having it. You know, we finally had the, the stupid mask mandates lifted and we're, we're we're happy with this. It's coming off of air, air travel. It's, all the restrictions are starting to come down. However, you know, I do have a friend in China and he sent me videos recently of this new lockdown and he actually has a panoramic view of his village and the miles of people lined up that you know all masks and all standing in line because they have to get tested two times a day and so all the businesses close uh, every i mean look at shanghai shanghai they just did this lockdown where every major thing goes through shanghai and the whole city just closed no why why would you have to get tested two times a day well, that's uh, for whatever reason that's that's their their is it the old the old test where they have to jam that thing up your nose because that would suck that's only, yeah well i don't know what the new test is i don't, I don't know they still do that uh well they still do that when i went to lee when i went to lehigh valley health network and i had the the test done i went i went for i originally went for the flu test they told me well they basically they encouraged me to get a COVID test, but I didn't think I had COVID. I yeah. think I think I had the flu. Well, anyways, I did that. Now the flu doesn't exist anymore, right? So, they, yeah, you, they, you well, they the basically flu. said, "Well, what's what's the why do you want a flu test?" And I'm like, "Because I think I had the flu." Because <laughs> I'm fluey. <laughs> and they basically were like, "Well, um, yeah, but there's no restrictions with the flu, so you know, you just take like a Tylenol and that's it." Yeah, like the whole system is, yeah, yeah. is rigged. They they don't get any they don't get any benefits or incentive for flu, so they for didn't flu. want they right. don't want anything to right. do with it. Yeah. They get they get incentive for for conducting COVID tests. So I took the test and I said, "Oh, is this the one where you swab at the bottom of your nostril?" And uh, the lady said, "Oh, no, no, no. That's the rapid test. We don't do them here." Well, what, what do they do? They did the ones where they stick that thing, that probe thing. All up your nose till they touch a brain cell. Oh, that's terrible. And no. they, oh, it's horrible. No, it's like a form of torture. Yeah, yeah. No, nope, not doing that. Anyway. <laughs> How did we get here? Anyways? I don't know. That happens sometimes. <laughs> so let's jump back to going. Another good idea to go to churches. That's where you're going to find you know, a lot of your mentors, right? So you'll discover a lot of people that have walked the road ahead of you. Yeah, you'll, you'll gain insight from their wisdom. You'll gain it from... Uh, you know, they'll teach you their vulnerability and, you know, what they went through, what they were thinking. Um, you'll get that that valuable insight. But it's also, you know, it's it's great to surround yourself by and with successful people, not not successful uh, in monetary terms. But I mean, successful people that are now going to, hey, I've been there and let me let me show you how we grow in this area. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's it's like a mentorship. Right. Yeah. 
you know, especially, uh, you know, when you go to church and, and you talk to all kinds of people and you talk to uh, people who are older that are not just older, but uh, but have been in the faith longer. They lived longer. And most likely what you could be going through, they've already went through. Right. So it would make sense uh, to seek counseling and guidance from them. You're not going to necessarily seek guidance from a younger man or a woman or someone who hasn't been in the faith as long because um, that's just not how it works. And, and you know, it's like in the Bible where, where they, they glorify wisdom and age, whereas American culture does not. Yeah. Well, it's also, I, I mean, you're, my, you're more likely to take advice from somebody that's had a heart attack rather than somebody right. who read about having a heart attack. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Well, isn't it, and you know, now that I, I bring it up, because I said in the, about in the Bible, about yeah. age and wisdom, but isn't it, it, isn't it mainly American culture that is kind of like puts all their emphasis on the youth and kind of like uh, discredits and shuns the old? Well, you got to remember, it's, uh, you know, well, the old people back in the day were just left at the back of the herd. <laughs> you know, they just kept walking. <laughs> and, you know, you're too old to keep up. That's it. You're going, you know. Uh, yeah, I think America is, you know, the focus is on a younger, the younger generation. Well, I look at the difference between that and, and Asian, the Asian culture, you know, where where, yeah. where your relatives are revered and the wisdom and, and, and the honor that you um you know that you show to them the emphasis is way higher right you know yeah it's sad it's so backwards in this country yeah they they put so much emphasis on the youth and which doesn't really make much sense to me because one the youth don't have any money to spend they're broke most of them right and um the older people, they're the ones that have lived life. They have all the, they have this wealth of knowledge and, and everybody just, and I don't, I, when I say everybody, it's just a blanket statement, but it's like they, they're treated as if they don't know anything right. and that they're, they're irrelevant. Are they? You think they're irrelevant? Do, do I? You th- do you think the, the elder generation has wisdom and knowledge on a world that no longer exists? Actually, I think now... More than ever, especially given our current circumstances and situations, um, I think they're more relevant than ever. Uh, my my grandpa, who passed away, I believe, in 2003, uh, would be such a great asset and such a wealth of knowledge in 2022 with where this world is headed. Um, he had so much, so much knowledge... Um, and so many skills that are, are lost and a lot of the younger people don't know how to do it. For example, um, um, uh, farming, uh, stuff can- that's not taught any longer. Right. Yeah. Canning and yeah, jarring yeah. food, yeah, how produce, to, how to find water. He knows how to do all that. He yeah. knew how to do all that stuff. Yeah. And now that information is sought after for survival purposes. Yeah. Uh, like, well, what happens if we, we don't have access to any food? What absent, what happens if we, can no longer buy groceries. Right. You know, most of the people in my generation will be lost. Yeah. We don't know what to do with that at grocery store. Right. right. So, yeah, I would say this, these, the wisdom that the, the older generations have are very much needed today. Yeah. Like how many squirrels <laughs> make up a pound? Yeah. A pound of meat. <laughs> right. 
Those are, you know, if you're into squirrel. But well, anyway. well, I guess if you're hungry enough. If you're hungry, you'll eat anything. You'll, you'll learn to like it. You'll try, <laughs> you'll try it. I'll try know. it. Yeah. I'd try it now. Well, let's jump to the book of Galatians, right? Galatians 6 says, uh, bear each other's burdens and there fulfill the law of Christ, right? So, um, you know, things are going great or, or you know, uh, you're, you're going about your daily life and, and it can change quick. You know, one phone call, one decision, one diagnosis, uh, anything could happen that you're instantly now you're afraid and now you're alone. You feel alone, you know. Uh, those uh, those people that are part of a church or part of a family, uh, they never truly feel alone. Um, you know, they have the affirmation of others. Uh, so so when life throws you a curve, they're they're they have a, a loving, concerning support system. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. And also, you know, it says God God says in Hebrews, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Um, you know, and that's the one that, that I go to when people ask me, Hey, is it important that I go to church? No, it doesn't say that if you don't go to church here that, you you know, the Bible doesn't say you have to go to church. You're not going to heaven. It's not, that's, you're not going to find that. Right. No, that's never stated anywhere. So so God says, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. So there's an importance and there's a duty to gather yourself, uh, to, to regenerate and recharge, uh, in the body of believers and, and it's an important thing that you need to do and that's why it's important to go to church i feel i i personally feel that church is more the to benefit the individual uh than anything else uh it's it's to benefit the people it's it's you know you can you yourself can worship god from anywhere well here we can here we can i mean there's other i mean think of the people in in these countries that you know that are meeting secretly and they have to whisper and you know well, right right what i meant by anywhere i mean you could be at the top of a mountain you could be in, a, oh, right. in an alley yeah, you yeah, could yeah. be in a valley uh you could be in the middle of the desert all by yourself and you can worship god yeah uh the the meeting of 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 a church of a group of people is to benefit you it's not to benefit god necessarily god can 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 reach you from anywhere or you could reach god from anywhere um, but to meet, and because it says in the Bible, right, um, when three or more gather, um, two or more, is it two or more? Yeah. Then God's presence is right. there. there. Right. Um, this is to benefit us, you know, that the the fellowship and us pooling together as one, uh, and and reaching out to God in prayer and in worship. It's it's to strengthen the people, and and I know we talked about this just a bit just a bit ago, but I can't emphasize it enough to surround yourself with believers like yourself is is very important because we're living in a world that is and it's been like this for a long time, and when I say a long time, it's been like this almost forever, right? Uh, wickedness and behavior, um, but you can't you can't get away from it as much as you you could probably at one time yep. because now it's everywhere now it's on the radio now it's on TV um, and it's constantly just bombarding you with 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 the message the message from the enemy right. and and that agenda so to to have the opportunity to be around others 
with with the similar faith that you have and the beliefs that you have and to encourage one another is definitely uh, something that should not be taken lightly. Right. And it's, uh, you know, it's that gathering together that's where you build each other up and you strengthen yourself. And, you know, the more that you surround yourself with those type of people, the more your life reflects that. And the more, I mean, Jesus said himself out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So, um, if you're continually going to church and you're surrounding yourself by the same, the same like-minded people, you're going to grow and it's going to benefit you. So for the people that have asked me, is it important you go to church? Yes, it is important. You go to church in my, in my mind, are we commanded to do so? In my mind, yeah, we are. It's a don't for, we're not commanded. Hey, you must do this. No, it says don't forsake it. So, uh, is there benefit in it? Yeah, absolutely. Is is there anything wrong with somebody saying I don't feel good? I'm going to sit on the couch and listen to the message today. Nope, absolutely not. Is it is there uh, anything wrong with people that say there's too many hypocrites at that church? I'm not going. You know, find yourself a church where you're getting fed and continue to grow. And that's where you go. If you don't like the people, uh, the biggest turnoff to me were, were other Christians. You know, I said that before. It was the most judgmental, the most, you know, the people that were supposed to be, you know, building me up were actually tearing me down. So you have to get rid. There's people like that everywhere. Oh, sure. So yeah. you, you have to find, you know, the right place where you're being fed the word and you're growing. And that's where you continue to go. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And I just, what I, what's what's weird to me is why do they single out Christians for that? You know, as far as like being hypocrites. Because, you know, just about anything you could imagine, there's quote unquote hypocrites. Take, for example, anything. If you, if you picked any, any, any topic, you would, you would find uh, posers, people pretending to be something they're not. But it's always the Christians that get picked on, picked on for this, because you're gonna have those people in everything. I I remember uh, reading this one article years ago. They were at uh, these people were at some kind of biker convention, and it was really hot. It was the summertime, yeah. and as, I guess this one guy because he was sweating, his tattoo started running. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. Yeah, it was the wrong place. So. <laughs> So, you know, the, the point I'm making is is that there's there's phonies in every single thing. Yeah. And but don't discredit the entire organization, if you want to call it that, right. for a select few. Because that's just how it is in every single thing. You're always gonna have those people that are just pretending to be something they're not or trying to be something they're not. Just to break you down. Yeah. Yeah. Or just maybe because they, I don't know. I don't know why they're doing it. Um, the enemy could be using them as a tool to break other people down. That's it. But maybe in their mind, they're doing it because they're trying to put on a show for whoever to make themselves look good. Yeah. Uh, but in the process, like you said, the enemy could be using them because yeah. it's not really who they are. They're not genuine or authentic. Yeah. So... Their flesh is creeping in and the ugliness inside them is coming out and it's and it's through the um, deliverance of um, judge, judgment. Oh, yeah. Being nasty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
tearing someone down instead of trying to constructively build them up. Right. So, yeah. And that's damaging. Oh, especially to a young person that's just starting out and, and just looking for direction. And then you get some some wolf. That just tears tears you down. Uh huh. You know, yeah, and it doesn't even to the whole thing. It doesn't even have to be anything major either. And right. that's that's how easy the enemy can work through someone like that. Someone who's who's not genuinely there for the right reasons. Um, you know, say for example, I'm just going to pick on politicians. So say for example, it's a politician, and it doesn't have to be like a very well known one. It could be say a local one. Say they go to church just because they want to keep up appearances, and while they're there, maybe they say to someone. Well, you know, you you really shouldn't dress like that. You should dress a little nicer for church. Yeah. Um, now, you might think that that's uh, not a big deal, but even something slight like that could be enough to... Um, to have that person never come back. Never come back. Right. Because maybe that person can't afford to buy anything nicer. Right. Maybe that's what they have. Maybe they don't want to hear that when they go to church. Right. Right. Now, if someone is, is, is authentically or genuinely there for the right reasons, they're going to be glad that they're there. Right. It doesn't matter. Come as you are. Right. And, you know, that's the the important thing is that they're there, not whether they have uh, the nicest uh, dress pants on or jackets or whatever, yeah. but that they're there. I agree. hundred percent. Good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I it's did. just interesting to note that um, how, you know, we think about sometimes the most extreme of cases. But like I said, it's always it could be very subtle. It's all it takes. You'd be surprised, and it's uh, you know there, there's a million sayings out there. It's you know it's one, well, one. Well, you look at the butterfly effect, and you know the flapping of the wings causes chaos over there. Yeah. Um, you know, one little one little pebble starts an avalanche, or one one little snowball, one little flake. However that saying goes. <laughs> <laughs> so. But you know it, it's it's that subtleness. You know, that's all it takes is for the enemy to have a victory. Right. You know, because like I, like we said, if that person never comes back again, then the enemy won. Right. The enemy won that one. So I would say to, to the people that asked me about this topic, my answer is, um, do you have to? No. Uh, should you? Yes. What do you think? I think you should. There's benefit. Yeah. In, yeah. So. Uh, there always definitely benefits. So there's your answer. But I mean, at any time, like I said, I, I have a routine also, you know, and I hear I listen to different podcasts and different, uh, you, you know, very, very famous people. Um, but I, I listen to the ones I listen to because I benefit from the ones I listen to. Right. So it doesn't matter. And, and you know, their church is across the country or it's somewhere else. So I can't go to that church. Right. But um, I get fed through that. You know what I mean? So um don't don't use that as your only form but you know it's important to be be connected with your community of believers and and to to gain and and lean on each other for sure i i think that our our spiritual and emotional well-being a lot of times gets overlooked because a lot of times people think when they think of being healthy they think of their physical health right and and in this New age with technology, we're constantly pushing this, uh, everything being remote, doing everything from home, doing, doing everything from behind a screen. And, you know, you know, obviously with like Zoom, Zoom became so, you know, 
it's a part of my everyday life now. Yeah, since yeah. 2020. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's not healthy to mm. to live life like that. You know, we were not we were not created to be lone rangers. We were created to be amongst people. We were created to interact with other people, both physically and also, you know, just interacting in person. And there's a big reason, I believe, why suicides have skyrocketed in 2020. And it all started with the shutdowns because everyone was isolated. And I think back to um, when I was going through my severe depression back in 2010. And I, I couldn't imagine going through a depression like that. By, by yourself. By myself. Right, that, yeah. Back in 2020. Yeah. Because uh, you think about how like... I, so many people like were they didn't want to be around family members. Family members didn't want to be around other family. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, and so you have these people that maybe they're fighting depression, and now they're all by themselves. And you know how you know how it is because I'm sure you you've, you've experienced your own depressions in the past, and you think that the depression is never going to end. Right, that it's just going to go on you forever. Can't, you can't see the the way out. Yeah, and imagine how they probably felt like this is going to go on forever. And I can't do this. Yeah. I can't even see anybody. I, I can't, like, I, I have no human touch. And and we are not wired like that. We're supposed to be around other people. And that's why I believe that the shutdowns were used against the people. They were weaponized. Yeah, there's, there's, a, bigger, there's a bigger project involved. I, I, I'm convinced of that. We'll get on that. Yeah, we better <laughs> avoid that stuff. little rabbit <laughs> yeah. hole. Yeah. Uh, I can tell, you know, as, as I look at our our meter here, we're just about wrapping it up. <laughs> Before we fall down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm sure we'll bring that up. I'm, I mean, we'll probably so, bring it up on the Greek and the Irish. Then we, I'm, I'm sure we'll write to them and say, put that on there. Yeah, so because we'll we that. don't want to get this show banned on yeah. all the platforms. <laughs> <laughs> so to those those listeners that. You know, is it is it wrong to not go to church? No, it's not wrong, but it's important and it's beneficial. So, uh, as always, you know, thank you to JB, the international podcast star. <laughs> always glad to be here. Yeah, and we'll, uh, keep writing in with your suggestions for shows. Take care of each other, and we'll see you next time.